Hello, all you Dallas fans, and thank you for joining us on All-in-One Dallas Sports. Today is a special podcast. We asked you guys on Twitter, what do you want us to talk about? The majority vote was college football. So today we're going to be jumping into the Pac-12, ACC, and Big 12. Part two will be the Big 10 and the SEC. So listen up to our predictions, and thanks for joining us today. What's up, everyone? Uh, this is me, Mac. Today, I'm joined by our staff writer, Patrick Fernandez, and we're going to be talking a little bit about college football today, like I said in the intro, uh, but first, we're going to be starting off with our bet talk, as always. So, Pat, what's your play this weekend, or play of the day? Or So, I've got a, I've got a couple this weekend that I'm really excited about. Um, obviously, pumped to have college football back. We, we got a little taste of it. Uh, this past weekend with a few games, but they didn't turn out too great. But we got a we got a great slate for this week one. Um, my first play is going to be LSU minus three. I really really like this play. Um, they're going to UCLA. They're going to play in the Rose Bowl. It'll be a big game, primetime game on Fox. I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, I really do. I like them minus three. Max Johnson's going to be the quarterback um, going into the Rose Bowl. We'll see. He's he's a little bit inexperienced. Played a little bit last year. They had kind of had a carousel at quarterback. Um, but UCLA, I mean, they 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 put the hurt on Hawaii, but they're going to get a, a whole different team in LSU. And I think that defense is is going to be quite surprised at UCLA. So I, I really like UC, uh, LSU minus three. And then I, I also have a teaser that if y'all want to follow along, I'm really I'm really confident in this one. Um, You'll get to know me a little more. That I, I love my teasers. So on a, on a normal book, you'll get this as a 13-point teaser. Um, so if you follow along with me, it's going to be Ohio State minus one, Texas plus five, USC minus one, and Baylor minus a half. And, Mac, I know you're going to talk a little bit about Baylor here with your pick. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about these picks. So yeah, have college football back. I mean, yeah, I like the LSU pick. Um, UCLA's quarterback play was very disappointing against Hawaii. When you throw the, when you drop back 25 times, you only get it off 20 times, and you're not even completing 50% of that against Hawaii. And you total 125 yards as like a third year, second year quarterback who started last year is supposed to be the guy. The only reason they won that game was because Hawaii just doesn't have the talent, and UCLA could just run it down their throat. Um, Absolutely, but yeah. we watched that game a little bit, and uh, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson is the UCLA quarterback, and he they have high hopes for him. And I mean, they ran the ball against Hawaii. That's mainly what they did. Is I mean, Hawaii couldn't stop the run. Uh, they, yeah. they couldn't stop anything. But Thompson Robinson really didn't, like you said, didn't do much in the pocket throwing the ball. And he's, I mean, with all due respect, LSU is. is 30 times better than Hawaii on the defensive side. Yeah. So we're, I mean, uh, you're, you're throwing to uh, guys who won't be on a roster in the SEC as a backup versus right. you're throwing against the best corner in the entire nation. And he's been the best corner in the nation since like he was freshman year. Um, Absolutely. Um, and Max Johnson won in the swamp, handled business. Um, mm-hmm. Not his fault. Somebody threw a shoe, just took care of business. A shoe game. Yeah. Uh, 
My play is a five-unit max banger. Wow. Sick of the disrespect (laughs) that Vegas puts on my Bears, my Baylor Bears. Um, Every year this happens. They always disrespect Baylor. They're playing Texas State, who was – Two and ten or two and eight last year. They won two games last Awful. year. Texas State. Awful. Horrible program. <laughs> Baylor had a rocky year, but two years ago they were in the Peach Bowl against Georgia. One went away, arguably, from being in the college football playoff. Overtime yeah. loss to Oklahoma. Yeah. And and when they were up on Oklahoma in the first game, they should have beat them. They blew yeah. a massive lead. And then the second game, they came back in OT with a third string. Fresh, true freshman quarterback yep. and almost won that game. So they lost their coach last year, new coach Dave Aranda. Offense didn't look good. They just fired their offensive coordinator, hired uh, Jeff Grimes from BYU. He's going to come in. We have a junior quarterback. Charlie Brewer was an issue last year. Absolutely. Baylor. He's gone. It's just disrespectful. Baylor wins the game 38-10. Um, might even be like 41 41- 17 but they'll cover 13 and a half five unit banger um so yeah that's as y'all uh, can see we like baylor but mac likes some 13 and a half and if y'all want to ride my teaser you only you can get a minus a half on that teaser so we're pretty confident that they're going to cover 13 and a half as well so come join the picks come ride baylor with be us be sure to uh stay on twitter um with college football we'll be tweeting out all the plays uh on twitter we'll be tweeting out a play a day probably from here on out once this pod gets posted and let's jump into the pod hey guys with sports betting season in full force with football season around the corner you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like bet us use promo code dirk 41 that's all caps at betus.com to receive a 125% sign-up bonus after a deposit of $50 or more. BetUS has aligns for any game you can dream of while allowing you to bet live sports across the globe. From the live casino to the horse tracks, BetUS has you covered in every front. Remember to use promo code DIRK41, all caps, at BetUS.com in order to receive your 125% sign-up bonus at the best sports book there is. So today we're going to be jumping off today's pod with the Pac-12. And within the Pac-12, we're going to be specifically looking at the North Division uh, first. So, Pat, what do we have as the number one team in the Pac-12 North? So uh, I don't think it's too much of a surprise, but uh, we've got Oregon. We've got Oregon as the top team in the North. Uh, Pac-12 might be the worst conference this year in college football. Uh, but they've got a they've got they've got a couple teams at the top that you know may may do some things you know they've it's kind of been like that for a minute here, um, but we've got Oregon uh, at the top at finishing at ten and two. Um, they had Tyler Shaw and Anthony Brown kind of split time a little bit last year in the COVID year. Um, Shaw transferred to Tech. We'll get to that in a little bit. And Anthony Brown was named the starter um, for this year. They're returning quite a bit on the offensive side. Um, so yeah. I think I think Oregon will might surprise some people. They might flirt with the with the playoff maybe, but I think they'll have a solid year. We think they'll go ten and two. Yeah, I mean they're returning about seven thousand yards of offense between rushing and receiving. Um, right. Defense is the the big strong point for this Oregon team. The real question is is how is the quarterback play? 
college football, you cannot be an elite team without great college or great quarterback play, which leads me to the second team. We have Washington. Um, We predict them to go nine and three. Um, Dylan Morris is their quarterback, redshirt freshman. But my thing is, is if Dylan Morris comes in and dominates, they could take Oregon if Oregon's quarterback play is not there. Both these teams, that game, Oregon versus Washington, will decide the North. Um, Yeah, I mean. has a little bit tougher schedule this year, too. Yeah, they have good uh, house today. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also have Utah on their schedule Mm -hmm. um, from the South. Um, so yeah, I mean, if Oregon comes out, beats Ohio state, not saying that will happen, but if the senior quarterback steps in, manages the game, they run the ball, play good defense and they win the game. Sky's the limit for Oregon at that point after beating Ohio state. That's when you, that's when Oregon turns into an 11 and one pac 12 championship arguing for that playoff spot. Absolutely. And And I I mean, Washington, I mean, they've had some. I mean, obviously, they made the playoff a handful of years back, and I mean, got whooped by Bama. I mean, who doesn't at this point, you know? Um, but I mean, they've had some good years in the past, so it's always interesting to see, you know, how kind of Washington plays out year by year. Um, so it's not shocking. I mean, I think that's why kind of why we have them at nine and three as well. It's just, but like you said, Mac, uh, Dylan Morris is going to be a big question mark um, if he doesn't step up and play. Uh, it could be a, it could be a tougher year for Washington as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they can do. Yeah. Well, moving down the list, we have a tie at the three spot between Cal and Stanford, both at six and six. Uh, these programs are interchangeable in a sense, not their play style, but their schedules are similar. You know, Stanford's got a little bit of a tougher schedule than Cal, but Stanford might be the better team uh, when they go head to head. So. It's going to be interesting to see it play out. And sitting at the bottom two spots, we have Oregon State at five, tied with Washington State. Um, there's not much to say about these programs. <laughs> Rough. Rough. Rough season. Um, Gardner Minshew is not there for Washington State anymore. So uh, yeah. don't, don't be open to have a good year. And it, Washington State's returning a quarterback, but ever since when Mike Leach left last year, they tried to keep that – Air raid offense going, and it was just mm-hmm. not the same. Um, and yeah, they just they don't have the talent that these other Pac-12 teams in the North have, and it's going to yeah. show. Same with Oregon State. Uh, you know, Oregon and the Pac-12. There's going to be a Pac-12 game at night that's going on around 11:30. That yeah. Oregon State or Washington State's going to get an upset, but they're going to lose to a team that they shouldn't lose to in a non-conference. So yeah, I mean, last it, year Oregon State, Oregon State did upset Oregon. Um, yeah, which I mean, rivalry game, you know, does happen. Do I see it happening again this year? Probably not. I guess and, you can always say you never know. But and I think it also depends on where Oregon Oregon is as a program at that point. If Oregon beats Ohio State, they lose one game like all year, or their only loss is Ohio State. They're not going to lose to Oregon State if they're they're eight and four. If they're seven and four. Yeah, they might lose to Oregon State. Right. So it's kind of where their heads at at the moment. Yeah. Moving on to the South. Give us our first team, Pat. Yeah, so our first team we've got is uh, is USC. Uh, kind of no surprise here. They're bringing back Keaton Slovis, junior quarterback from California. Uh, you know, he was highly recruited at a high school. Um, 
you know, was when JT Daniels was at USC, you know, he was behind him and he had a pretty good year last year, kind of up and down. Um, he had some good targets last year as well. Um, St. Brown left and he lost some targets as well, but um, I think USC is going to have a, it's going to have a good year. I've got a little source. One of my buddies is uh works for USC. He's a student uh, worker there and, he thinks we have him at ten and two, and he also thinks that their ceiling is probably ten and two as well this year. Um, he was told me that their floor could be eight and four as well. There, he said there was kind of, they're kind of like one injury away from kind of just you know losing a lot, and not being too great. So there's definitely some question marks going into USC season, but we've got them as uh, our number one team for the the South. Yeah, I mean, I I think the as we go through this, like the South is more open than the north um i think oregon sustains an injury better i think washington sustains an injury better uh, comparative to stanford and cal trying to take those top two spots but when you're talking about usc and our number two team which is utah uh we have coming in at nine and three it takes a big injury um a game you don't lose for like these three and four teams to slip in and the only reason Utah we have at nine and three is because they're returning a lot of people. Uh, they did lose their quarterback, returning to another great defense. Um, their defense is usually the standout defense within the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of older players, like seniors, fifth-year seniors, grad transfers, including um, Charlie Brewer, who is subpar <laughs> on a good day. Your favorite, huh? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time. Utah doesn't really ask their quarterbacks to do much. They ask right. their quarterbacks to hand the ball off. They ask their quarterbacks to game manage. So it's all about how he manages the game. And, yeah, we'll see. Um, we do have Utah coming in at 9-3. and three. I could see him slip to 7-5. and five. But at the same time, like we said, if he yeah. sustains one of those injuries um, and this Arizona State, who we have at number three, maybe the hype's too much. Um, maybe they're getting, like, they're getting looked at better than what they are mm-hmm. then you could definitely see utah sliding up um but yeah that leads me to yeah. Arizona state yeah arizona state uh herm edwards second year at the helm there um he you know, obviously coached the nfl and you know had a little bit of success with arizona state i'll never forget watching the arizona state usc game last year and they blew like a two touchdown lead in the last minute and a half i mean this was the first game of the year if i remember correctly and um you know they they were looking. They they're poised to beat them and, and beat them pretty handily. And the game management at the end wasn't great. And USC actually <laughs> wound up winning that game, which was shocking. And they didn't have a bad year last year, but I think Herm Edwards will do good things in the second year. That's why we've got him at eight and four, and you know finishing third in the South. Yeah, I want to say this is his third year now. Might be his third. Yeah, because he had a year pre-COVID. I think they went seven and five. Um, yeah, well, there you go. Another they got year. a good defense. They had a freshman quarterback. Now he's a junior. Um, whenever Herm came, he started a freshman. Offense isn't quite there as much as the defense. But, you know, when you have NFL experience on your coaching staff, it's definitely mm-hmm. going to – and good NFL coaching experience, not just like – Oh, he coached uh, for a year, you know. Yeah. It was like, a special teams coach. Yeah, like – Something like that. Uh, it's going to translate in some fashion, and I think a lot more translates defensively than it does offensively because defense doesn't change as much, right. and offense is completely different than 
the college and NFL offenses are completely different. But I have them at eight and four. Um, okay. And next, we've got UCLA at seven and five. They played a, a game already, as we talked about earlier in our bet talk. They demolished Hawaii. The, and Vegas really uh, wasn't like, too high on UCLA that first game. I think, what was it, 17 and a half, Max? Was 17 and a half. 17 and a half. And they, I mean, they covered that easily. But they'll get a test this week with, with LSU. We've got them at seven and five, coming in fourth. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback, high on him. Didn't look good week one. We'll give it a little bit of time. I know it's it's week or week zero technically, so we'll we'll give him a little bit of time to develop. But they are high on him. They've got some talent on the offensive side, but we think seven and five is kind of where they fall this year. Uh, what do you think, Mac? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think their their floors around like six and six. Yeah, um, they have the potential to jump up to maybe that two spot. I mean, we've been saying like Utah nine and three, Arizona State eight and four, UCLA seven and five. These are just game differences. It's a matter of UCLA going to Utah and beating Utah. It's the difference in the rankings. But I think this weekend will be a a big sign on what they're going to be doing because if they come out and they beat LSU, which we don't think will happen, but if they do, you're kind of looking at this UCLA team a little bit differently now. Um, mm-hmm. They've got some momentum. They just beat a really – not a really good SEC team, but a team that's better than most Pac-12 teams. Um, yeah. Like if you put LSU in the Pac-12 or gave them this Pac-12 schedule, they're going to be one of the top teams. Absolutely. Uh, moving on from UCLA, though. Uh, we got Colorado coming in at four and eight. Um, not much to say about Colorado, to be completely honest. No. And no. I got even less to say about this next <laughs> team. Um, we've oh, got man. Arizona coming in at one and 11. If they you go to Arizona, if you go to Arizona, just sleep through football season and get to basketball season because it's going to be a rough year. Hey, basketball has not been much better for them. No, really. no. But it'll, it'll be slightly better than football. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they've won two games in two years. They're, they might be the worst team in the Power Five. Dude, they're awful. And I mean, the, the, I mean to, be, to be fair, the bottom of the Pac-12 is just terrible. I yeah. mean, when you talk about Oregon State, Washington State, Colorado, and Arizona, I mean... I'm thinking most of the American. Hey, don't sleep on those Buffalo. About two years ago, I think they had a surprising like eight and four season. They but, did. I mean, that's gone. That's gone now. Right. Obviously. No, but I mean, I think out of those four teams that we listed, Colorado would probably be the one team. I think if they if one of those teams were to have a decent year, I'd probably put Colorado at the top. Yeah, but. I could also see either Washington State or Oregon State just because their schedules are a little bit easy, like like Colorado, but. If Stanford or Cal sustain a big injury, I mean, that's a prime spot for one of those two teams to jump up if, you know, Stanford goes on a five-game losing streak like we've seen Stanford do in the past. Whether they'll, like, start 5-0, and they play Notre Dame, they lose to Notre Dame, then they rattle off four or five L's. Um, that, that's, that's a good point. I, I totally agree with that. But with this ranking, we would have USC and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, at this point, I would not put any of them in the college football playoff picture. You would need to see Oregon beat Ohio State or that be the only loss. 
and some help elsewhere. And I think you'd need to see USC lose one game tops to make that yeah. college football playoff. I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. Like they may even have to go undefeated. I mean, obviously, it yeah. always depends on what goes on around right. the Power Five. Um, but I don't see, I don't see any teams coming out from the Pac-12. But like uh, example, this if USC went undefeated, but if Ohio State, Clemson. Bama all go undefeated, and Georgia loses one game in the SEC championship to Bama, and it's close. Georgia, with the win, or I guess Clemson wouldn't be undefeated, but like a one-loss Clemson would make it over uh, undefeated USC. Absolutely, uh, I I totally agree. And I think that's just, I mean, that's just talks of, I mean, that's uh, the schedule. I mean, strength of schedule. I mean, the U of the Pac-12. It's there's no margin for error. I mean, there's. Already really slim margin for error in college football to begin with. Mm. But then when you get in the Pac-12, you've got subpar teams. I mean, you got – I'd say you have you have two solid, solid teams. Like, Washington and Utah, like, yeah, they're good. Are they are they at that very good level? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see this year. But, yeah. I mean, talking Oregon and USC, and that's it. And, even it's, then, I mean, it's a two-man race, and the race never really ends up in the college football playoff. And I mean, we saw Oregon with a star player at Oregon, Justin Herbert, which I was high on when he was at Oregon. I thought he'd be good in the NFL. He had the frame, he had the arm strength. It was all there, and we didn't see it fruition into anything on a national level. Right. Um, and it's time there yeah but and usc usc one one more point on usc they did actually Corey foreman um arguably the top recruit coming in this year defensive lineman committed to usc's there so we'll see i mean obviously doesn't make the impact quite like you know herbert at, at the quarterback position but he could make a big impact on their defensive line i meant to say that earlier but i just want to put that in there that they do they did bring in arguably the top recruit this year, you, so we'll see. You know who we'll USC reminds me of? Who? Texas. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Every year, extremely high-rated recruiting class. Every single year. They can't find the coach. And Texas hasn't had the same issues on like a massive scale as USC with the coaching turnover. Mm-hmm. But, and they haven't had the same disappointment the same level of disappointment because there's years USC goes seven and five mm-hmm. um, with all this talent, but they're another team that has the talent just hasn't put it together yet. And I, I don't I'll know. Totally agree. This is Clay Helton. He's in the hot seat. Um, I mean, we saw the success that Keldon Slovis, I think that's how you yeah. say it. Yeah. Keaton Slovis. Yeah. Keaton Slovis. Um, we saw he had success last year as a passer. Now it's just time to turn that success as a passer and success as an offense into successful game plan and move that to wins um, at a higher scale than what they've been doing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a really good comparison. We'll see if they can turn it around this year. I mean, I don't think it'll 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 fruition. I don't think it'll be a college ball playoff appearance appearance, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That's what makes it fun. Um, moving on. We're going to be joining the Atlantic uh, division within the ACC. And this is a one-team division 100%. with Clemson at the top. Um, me and Pat both have Clemson going 12-0. and um, Sorry, Jake, about your Bulldogs, but we have Clemson <laughs> winning this weekend. 
Um, I think DJ's a stud. I his height. He was insane at high school. He's got the body. Like he's huge. He's yeah. like six six two thirty, and when he was thrown in as a true freshman against Notre Dame, and he made that game competitive. Yeah, had around like four hundred something yards. Clemson couldn't run. I think ETN finished with like sixty yards, seventy yards on the ground. He didn't have a good game. Didn't have a good game. DJ led that team. Like I don't know if the game would have been that much difference with Trevor Lawrence in the game. Yeah, I and think I know Notre Dame handled that. that game. Yeah, we talked about that last year when we were watching that game. Is we? I mean, you put Lawrence out there, yeah, maybe they win just because he has that tiny bit of experience. But I mean, DJ did all. I mean, he did all he could do to put clubs in that. I mean, it, heck, they went to overtime. I think they went to double overtime, and it was. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's it's anybody's game. Yeah, maybe, on the road in South Bend. Yeah, maybe Trevor Lawrence makes a throw that DJ doesn't when DJ checks it down and it changes the game. Mm. But from my perspective, DJ played as well as a true freshman has ever played in a situation like that. And first start, and I was very impressed. I think he's going to build on that. Um, I haven't put out any Heisman plays, but I mean, he's one of the top guys that I think has a better shot to win it than some somebody like Spencer Rattler. But then at the same time, it's like, an OU quarterback's always in the conversation, and that's a story for a different day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Clemson's going to be really good. They're good every year. Um, I have them at 12 and 0. Um, so does Pat. And yeah, they're going to win the division. They're going to win the ACC. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to get in the college football playoffs. They're uh, not going to have much competition. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, now, when we get to the CFB talk and all that, it'll be a different story. But it's going to be fun to watch DJ this year um, kind of grow even more as a quarterback and a playmaker. I mean, he's yeah. just a sophomore. He's, he's, he's got stuff. the legs, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if any of y'all watched QB1, but, I mean, he was still developing at that at that point. I think, well, he went to St. John Bosco. Yeah. That's right. And, I mean, he I mean, he took he, Real Mitchell's spot. Yeah, he, <laughs> he looks like, he get out of there. The they were doing the show on. He took his spot. Right. Wow. So we know he's good. Um, and I think – I totally agree with Mac. I mean, he, he's going to have – I think he's going to have a Heisman-type year at least, at the very least. Like, yeah. I mean, he may not win it, but he, I think he'll be in the conversation. I help, think he'll probably get an invitation to New York for the and final. But I think he – when you're looking around college football and you're looking at the top teams, a lot of quarterback turnover. He's the type of guy from all this turnover is going to step in and be the best, if not the best one, one of the best – Grant, he started one game, but a guy who's going to start all 12 games, he mm. will be the best or one of the best newer quarterbacks. Um, Absolutely. That does that. Absolutely. If they had any competition, which they don't. At number two, we have NC State at eight and four. Um, NC State is known for a ground and pound type, type team. Um, they produce defensive linemen in the NFL. There's no denying that. Um, they're just going to be a defensive team. And when you look at the Atlantic, it's such a weak conference, um, especially the way Louisville and Florida State have been over the past couple years, that a team like NC State has been able to finish in like the top four, um, sometimes number two, sometimes number three, sometimes number four. Um, but yeah, this is another year that they uh, jump back up to the two spot and finish yeah. eight and four. I mean, they finished eight and four last year in a COVID year. Um, 
they definitely had a good a good year for NC State terms. I think eight four is a very good year for NC State. Um, are they going to beat Clemson? No. Is it going to be within two touchdowns? Probably not. You know, but if they want the crown of the second best team in the Atlantic, I mean, we've got them. We've got them right yeah. there as preseason prediction. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with NC State. And coming in at number three, we have Boston College. And Boston College would be more a team that I would pick to play Clemson close than NC State. But I think NC State will have a better record. Because Boston College, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, first name's Phil. Yeah, uh, Dracovic. Dracovic. Yeah. Phil Dracovic. Notre Dame transfer, played last year, um, took care of the ball really well. Um, wasn't it Clemson they were down to the wire with? It was. I believe it was. I think it was at Clemson. Or it was I Notre DJ, Dame. It was my, one or the other. It, let me check real quick. Um, I want to say it was. I want to say it was Clemson, but um, I know they played Notre Dame decently tight as well. Um, they they didn't. They weren't um, as bad as everyone thought they'd be last year. Um, they've got some talent and a returning quarterback always helps. Um, let me get this up real quick. Uh, they lost to Notre Dame. Uh, by 14, but they competed with them in the second half. They actually outscored them in the second half. They just had a really rough second quarter. Um, and Clemson, you're right, Mac. 34-28 they lost on the road at Clemson. I remember DJ actually came into that game late. I think Lawrence had a little bit of an injury. I do. I remember DJ came in, got the job done. Uh, but Boston College was up big in the first half of that game. Uh, yeah. Because I remember I was I was in College Station for the Arkansas. Texas A&M game. We watched that game early. I was like, there's no way Boston College is going to be Clemson right now. And they just about did it. Um, so they've got some talent. Obviously, they can hang with the big boys. Uh, but Yeah, when you have a quarterback that can uh, play at a high level, it, ta- it doesn't turn it over, takes care of the ball. Um, yeah, DJ had 342 yards, no turnovers. Um only had 10 incompletions on 42 passes. ETN was the issue here again. Only averaged 3.8 yards a carry. That's just not going to cut it from a guy who's taken at the beginning of the first yeah. round. Or not the beginning of the first round, but one of the first backs off the board. Yeah, yeah. I think it was part of the, the end of the first round. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Boston College could surprise people. We got him at 7-5. and five. Returning quarterback always helps, like you said. So, I mean, their coach has been there for three years now. Um, we've seen improvement in year two um, from year one, and hopefully we see a little bit more improvement. Uh, coming in at number four, we have Louisville at six and six. Uh, their quarterback's Malik Cunning, Cunningham. Um, had a good good year two years ago. Very disappointing year last year. Um, actually got injured in the Duke game. They just, since Lamar Jackson's been there, they've tried to replicate a Lamar Jackson-type offense, and nobody's Lamar Jackson. Um, he's a player within himself. Not yeah. saying there won't be somebody down the road that is him, but if there is, I'm pretty sure Louisville's probably not going to get him. Um, <laughs> so, no, no. Louisville won't, won't be. Uh, Lamar Jackson was a diamond in the rough, probably a once in, is a once-in-a-generation talent. Um so I don't I don't count on Louisville getting a guy like that again. They had their guy. Yeah. Um, they didn't waste. They obviously didn't waste his talent. They're really good with him. Um. So yeah, we've got him at six team. and six. Yeah, they had some great teams. I mean, I remember that game 
when Lamar and Deshaun Deshaun Watson battled it out. Yeah, I think it was the primetime game. Yeah, they destroyed number one Florida State mm-hmm. right after Jameis, which brings me yeah, to yeah. the number fifth team, Florida State. We have them coming in at. Um, actually, we have them tied with Wake Forest, both at five and seven, um, coming in at the fifth spot, but. Uh, Florida State has Mackenzie Milton, and for those of you who do not know who he is, he is the UCF quarterback. Um, he wore number eighteen, I believe. Had a horrid, horrid leg injury. Yeah, it was um, about for, He's been out. I don't think he's played a snap of football in about almost three years now. Uh, maybe two, maybe three, definitely two. Um, yeah, he's a grad transfer. I think a lot hinges on that. Like they definitely got. They have more talent at quarterback than they've had in years past, but the rest of the team just isn't there, and they've definitely fallen off since the uh, Jimbo um, and Jameis Winston combo. And since then, they haven't been able to do anything at a high level, even compete yeah. in their own division in the ACC. So, yeah, I mean, I think Florida State maybe got a test right off the bat. They play Notre Dame this Sunday on ABC. Uh, I think it's a seven thirty game, uh, so it's gonna be. I mean, the, McKenzie Milton, if, I mean, he's going to be thrown right into the fire. And it's going to be yep. interesting to see if how that leg kind of reacts. It's if it's first game of live action. That's um, mm. got to be. He's got to have some butterflies. He's going to be nervous. Um, yeah. But if he could be just three-fourths of what he was at UCF, like Florida State could be a decent team. Yeah, they could. I mean, they they, always, they the recruit ball. some talent. Yeah. Like, absolutely. It's, it's all about, like, like you said earlier, college football hinges on all the positions, but mainly one, and that's quarterback. Um, you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be good in college football. Good luck. Yeah. Um, we have Wake Forest tied with Florida State at five and seven with Blake Hartman at the helm. If anybody's watched QB one, um, it's nothing to call home about. No. Uh, he might get you to a bowl. He might not. It's type of type of guy he is they're a team right at the edge like we, like we, i mean that's obviously what we think at five and seven yeah um, i mean wake forest i couldn't remember the last time they've been good at football yeah, um while but that's i mean that's why they are sixth and coming in right. last we have the orange syracuse coming in at three and nine yeah three and nine not great i mean kind of like the pat 12 bottom of the acc isn't great I mean, no bottom, no bottom of the league is going to be good, but you'll see when we talk about the SEC and we talk about the Big Ten, the, those bottom teams, even even the even the Big Twelve a little bit, those bottom teams are significantly better than the ACC and the Pac Twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Syracuse, they may squeak. I mean, they'll they'll win some easy non-conference games. Uh, they may win a conference game, but yeah. other than that, three and nine, I think. I mean, that's the best you'll see from them. Four and eight if you're lucky. I don't know. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Coastal Division. Um, we have a tie for first. But we have North Carolina beating Miami. So they get the tiebreaker and move on to the mm-hmm. ACC championship game. We have them coming in at nine and three. Like we said, Miami was tied with them. So they're also coming in at nine and three. North Carolina is returning Sam, Sam Howe, which he could be the best quarterback um, in college football coming into this year mm-hmm. uh, it's proven on a big stage the only issue i have with north carolina they lost both their backs which were top three or in the first three rounds of the nfl yep. draft 
talented. They lost two of their receivers too that were top five or top in the first five rounds. Yeah, they uh, they were uh, they had a lot of talent last year. I remember when they played Notre Dame. I think it was like halfway through the season. That was a really big game for them. They lost that game at home. I mean, that was one of the bigger games in North Carolina football um, in the past ten years. Uh, they it was electric. They've got. I mean, they had two great wide receivers, two good running backs, Sam Howell. I mean, people thought Sam Howell was going to compete for the Heisman last year, and I mean, he had a good year. I mean, I don't think he was anything special, but he had a good year. But returning as a senior, um, expect North Carolina to be really good. Um, and then they played A and M tough uh, in the Orange Bowl. So they they've got experience playing good teams, so I, I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me one bit to see them on top of the coastal division like we said, um, but we'll see. I mean nine and three is what we got them at. So yeah, I mean Miami has a uh, tough opening, <laughs> tough opening game. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh maybe the last team you'd want to see uh, is the first game. Yeah. Crimson Tide. Uh, Crimson Tide, Miami. Yeah, I mean, Coastal's kind of got two teams at the top. It's I think it's going to be a battle between the two. They both have either redshirt seniors or senior quarterbacks. Um, it's going to be a battle for the top seed to play Clemson and ultimately lose to Clemson in the ACC championship game. Right. De'Aaron King will be fun to watch for Miami. I, yeah. I, I, could, I could see them – in the first quarter and a half, maybe playing Bama somewhat close, maybe solely because of Derek King. But I mean, yeah, especially with Bama having a true freshman at quarterback. Um, They lost Najee too, um, which before, before I say too much, we'll be jumping into the sec um, shortly here um, for the, on the next pod. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. It'll be a fun one coming in at number three. We have, Pittsburgh at eight and four. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing, not much to say about Pittsburgh. Um, they're going to be better than they usually are. They're usually around a six and six, five and seven yeah. club. Um, I think Virginia, Virginia Tech, who normally kind of take that three spot, are taking a little bit of a step back. And uh, this is absolutely. time for Pitt to kind of insert themselves. Um, is that like third team, which they very may well go six and six as well, but. The way the schedule lines up, we think they can get to eight and four. Yeah, we've got a little bit of an easier schedule, um, so we like pin at eight and four. Um, coming in with a tie for fourth is Virginia and Virginia Tech. Like Max said, um, we think they're going to take a little bit of a slide. We both got them at six and six. We they're going to take a little bit of a slide, moving Pitt up into that third spot. Um, man, I, it's been so long since Virginia Tech has been a solid team. I mean, yeah. Obviously, when they had Mike Vick, you know, they're really good. And I mean, they had some good years with Michael Brewer. Uh, he wasn't bad. But man, it's like, almost like I'm just waiting for Virginia Tech to be a solid team. And I mean, they have a great atmosphere. I mean, great stadium. But it's like they're always just mediocre. And I know you could say that about a lot of teams, you know, like we talked about Texas and USC not being up to playing up to their caliber. But then I feel like it's time for Virginia Tech to take the next step because I mean, they, they do have a good fo- football program. But it's yeah. kind of always just been mediocre the last 10 years, 10, 15 years. So, yeah, we, we don't think that'll change this year as well. Yeah, we don't. Um, coming in at number six and seven for a tie at six, uh, Georgia Tech and Duke both coming in at four and eight. 
I really have nothing to say about either of these programs. Um, no, Yellow Jackets and Blue Devils need just uh, just stick to basketball. Football, yeah, absolutely. Georgia Tech runs that triple option. It's always kind of fun to watch them. Love playing with them in, in NCAA football 14. That's yep. um, a fun offense to run, but I still, I mean, what are you? You're not going to be successful really with the triple option unless you just have insane athletes. And let's yeah. be honest, those athletes aren't coming to Georgia Tech. I mean, yeah. So okay. one only one <laughs> athlete has, and his <laughs> had a nickname named Megatron, and yep, one He's of the most the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, with that being said, we would have North Carolina and Clemson in the ACC championship game, and we have Clemson moving on to the college football playoffs. Yep, I don't think that's a big surprise to anyone. I could see North Carolina, you know, if Hal has a really good year and plays very well in that championship game, I could see them maybe keeping it close. I mean, barring a miracle, maybe beating them. But, uh, yeah, we see North Carolina and Clemson in the championship game. ACC championship game is never really exciting. Um, it's always Clemson. It's always, I feel like it's been Clemson and Florida State for the past whatever years, you know. Mm. So. We'll see. We'll see about that one, but pretty pretty confident in Clemson coming out of there. With that being said, let's uh, let's move on to the last conference we're going to be covering today, which is the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, coming in at number one with a tie, but they beat Iowa State in the regular season. We have Oklahoma at number one. Yeah. Uh, they have Spencer Rattler, sophomore year, a returning quarterback who's had some experience. And we just know Oklahoma always has a talent. Absolutely. Every year I'm going to hear that the defense is better. <laughs> the defense is it this year. And every year it's not going to be true. And then right around week eight, week nine of the season, the defense seems to pick up their play. Um, they're going to have a running back suspended for six games at some point in the year. I just feel like that is a <laughs> It's a, a normalized thing now yeah. with Oklahoma. Yeah. No, Kennedy Brooks is coming back. Um, didn't play last year. Uh, I want to say he sat out because of COVID, but I could be wrong. Um, six games. Been, that's right. That's right. But, I mean, he – Every year. They he was got good when he got back and suspended. <laughs> but he's he's good. He'll, I mean, their backfield with Rattler and Brooks will be, will be solid. Um, Arkansas transfer Mike Woods. I don't know how much he'll touch the field yeah. there in Norman. Um, we'll see. I mean, it's every year Oklahoma they'll make the playoff. They'll lose in the first round. It's like clockwork. Um, but I mean, I, they will be solid this year. I mean, they always are. I'll give them props. They always are really good. I yeah, mean, they're consistent. But um, and then they won't be in the Big Twelve too much longer. Um, as I know, of y'all have heard that Oklahoma Texas will move on uh, to the SEC, which obviously we'll get into more of that probably in a different pod or later down the road, but that caused a lot of drama uh, in the last month or so. But yeah, Oklahoma, we have them in a tie with Iowa State, but we, we see them beating them in the regular season, which will give them the tiebreaker. I just think Rattler, I think Rattler's going to be, I think he'll have a really good year. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be Heisman winner type year, but I mean, clearly he has the talent. Uh, at the college level, at least, I don't know how good of a pro he's going to be, but I think he'll he'll have a really good year. Yeah, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about Iowa State. I have them at eleven and one. Um, pretty high on them. 
Yeah, I uh, we'll we'll jump into Big Twelve Championship game between these two at the end once we finish this, and we'll give our predictions and whatnot. But you got Purdy; he's coming back. He's a senior. He's led this offense now for three years. And then I've got a sleeper Heisman pick at forty to one odds on this on this team. Brees Hall almost led the nation last year in rushing yards. Stunned. He didn't play the first two games of the year. This dude is electric. You give him the ball, you get behind your two tight end set, you let Brock Purdy manage the game, and that's how they have success. They play good defense. They block really well. They're just a solid football team. And you've seen the progression of Iowa State, and they just keep getting better and better each year. They should have won the Big 12 championship last year. There is a no call. Um, Oh, you jumped the line. Granted, Iowa State probably should have jumped, but they thought it'd be a neutral zone infraction. It wasn't called, um, and that cost them the game at the end of the day. But yeah, we have them at coming in at number two. I mean, Matt Campbell has done such a good job in Ames. I mean, he's done. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that he would be doing what he's doing. I mean, Iowa State, everything's them as a basketball program, as a basketball school. You know, I mean, to now say that that they're they're going to be tied for what we think is tied first in the Big 12. Granted, the Big 12 is not the strongest conference, but there's some good teams in there. And Heck, I mean, back in the day, Iowa State was the bottom of the barrel. I mean, they're really, really creating – Matt Campbell's creating a culture there at Iowa State. And if you have – I mean, if you ever just don't have a game to watch, you need to tune into Iowa State. Because, I mean, they're not they're not electric, they're not flashy, but Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, sound football, and just – I mean, that backfield is one of the best in the country. Um, yeah, they're going to be really good. So we have a two-way tie for third. Who's the first team? First team, we got Texas. Uh, we think they're going to beat Oklahoma State in the regular season. So that's why we, we're giving them the third spot. Interesting uh, offseason with Texas. They bring in Steve Sarkeesian, um, you know, offensive coordinator at Alabama, was head coach at USC. Um, a lot of people are high on him. I mean, they think that he's a great offensive mind, which I don't disagree with. Um, but it's just so hard to be high on Texas. I mean, it's like every year they're the team that's going to be top 10 or like Texas is back, and it's it never happens. It never happens. And along with that, they've got a QB battle, which they announced three days ago that Hudson Card, Austin native, late Travis quarterback, um, Redshirt freshman was going to be the starter for week one. But Casey Thompson was the guy that came in the bowl game against Colorado last year, th- threw four touchdowns, and, I mean, absolutely decimated the Colorado defense, which is not much, you know what I mean? But, I mean, everyone was thinking, yeah, he's going to be the guy week one against Louisiana. And I know I have I have plus five in my teaser, but don't sleep on the Raising Cajuns week one. But we have Texas at three. I think they still will have a good year. I think Sark's going to be a good coach. They're still not going to be at the level of where they should be, honestly, with how they recruit. Um, yeah, their their program name. I mean, they got they eight got, and four. They got a tough uh, non-conference schedule. They got yep. Louisiana, and then they got to come. They got to come to Fayetteville. They got to try yeah. to beat the Hawks. Um, yeah, that's we'll going to be electric. I mean, that's that's going to be an awesome game. I know a lot of people here. Before we do have Texas losing to Arkansas. That is right. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be a fun game. 
Um, it really could go either way, but I mean, we we think Arkansas is, is going to beat him. Yeah, Bill is going to be electric. We'll jump in a little bit more about that when we talk SEC. But Absolutely. coming in tied with Texas, we have Oklahoma State eight and four. They got Spencer Sanders. He's redshirt junior now. I thought Oklahoma State might have won the Big 12 last year. It was a Spencer Sanders injury that derailed that hope. Mm -hmm. Um, Kid can sling it. Kid can run. um, Solid quarterback. um, And they had Hubbard last year, too. And they had – I forgot his first name, but I think it was – Wallace. I think it's Tyler Wallace receiving. Tyrone or Tyus something (laughs) Wallace. He was super good. They had like a big three um, in football, but injuries kind of derailed their season. Um, yeah, and you know they lost some talent this year, but eight and four is kind of where I think they sit. And this they were uh, the popular pick. They were the popular pick last year to win the Big Twelve. Yeah, if I'm I mean, wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were preseason top ten, right yeah. around there. They weren't. Oklahoma was still favored to win the Big Twelve. Um, I think Oklahoma State was second, so I don't yeah. think they would have been top ten. I, yeah, they were. They were ranked decently high though. Because I know Texas was also high. Right. I think they were up – Texas was ahead of Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State might have been around like 13, 14 to start yeah. the so year. Still, I mean, higher yeah. than what they usually are. Yeah. Um, so Last we'll year was kind of, of their year to like have yeah. a shot to win it. Um, coming in at five, we have TCU. Uh, they have Max Dungan, yep. um, Jr. Um, I don't know. People are pretty high on TCU this year. I'm not as high as people, but I still think they make a bowl – um, pretty safely. Um, Gary Patterson hasn't really done much since the Trayvon Boykin error and the Andy Dalton error previously before that. But I mean, they're always a decent team. They're going to play upset for, they're going to upset somebody. Yeah. Um, usually Texas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, and they always play a great game against Baylor, which leads us to the sixth team in the big 12. Um, Looking at a six and six Baylor, um, they've got a Arkansas native Bohannon, uh, quarterback. He's a junior this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said earlier about Baylor, I think they take care of their non-conference. They're not a great team, but they're not as bad as Vegas is treating them against Texas State, in my opinion. Yeah. So, disrespectful. Yeah, I think they come in at six and six. They make a bowl game, um, just middle of the pack. They're pretty they're high on their defense. Yeah, I'm I'm extremely high on their defense. They had uh, best defense in the Big 12 last year, um, at least like yards per play. Maybe not like total yards, but like when you look down and crunch the numbers like per play and all that stuff, they had the best defense. Um, really good backers. Um, I think it's Jason Petrie. Um, it's definitely Petrie. I kind of forgot his first name. And Tyrell Bernard are two of the top 15 in the watch list for the linebacker award um and tyrell bernard could easily get that himself he had 19 tackles himself against texas and he was the sole reason we were in that game mm-hmm. um last year at least for the beginning um they returned 10 starters on defense they also brought in an lsu transfer d tackle um that's kind of what they need to work on like their their secondary is great compete with anybody in the big 12 it's just about getting pressure to the quarterback and stopping the run and How's their offense look? Because their offense yeah. was 
the ninth best offense in the Big 12 last year. So yeah, it wasn't and Dave offense. Aranda, Dave Aranda. I mean, you know, Mac, you're a big Baylor guy. He's a defensive mind. I mean, LSU defensive coordinator when they won the national championship. So he's going to have that Baylor defense ready to go this year. It's definitely a question of how good is the offense going to be? Is Bohannon going to be good enough? Um, is Zeno going to have to see some time? Who knows? I mean, well, if they if they if they get the offense rolling, they could be a surprising pick. Um, but like you said on the defensive side, they need to get pressure to the quarterback, kind of like Arkansas. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what goes down. Their defense will be good, though. Yeah. Coming in at seventh tied, we have West Virginia and Kansas State. Um, both these quarterbacks have seniors. Um, Kansas State has Skylar Thompson, and West Virginia has Jarrett Doge. Uh, both these guys have been around, played a lot of Big 12 games. Yeah. Um, just nothing – you look at either of those teams, they don't have any, oh, I mean, if this works, they could be really, really good. I mean, they're just a decent football team. They're, yeah. they're, they're bottom of the Big 12. Um, so, yeah, I mean. You could see some upsets. Team. They could upset some of those top teams, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like, mean, yeah. could you see Texas, Kansas State beating Texas? Possibly. Could yeah. you see Kansas, West Virginia maybe beating Oklahoma State? Possibly, but – those teams, Texas and Oakland State, are vastly better than West Virginia and Kansas State. Like, they might have a game where they have the right game plan, they execute, they win the game, but they're not going to do that for a 12-game yeah. season. West Virginia has been kind of trending downward lately. Um, they were definitely top of the Big 12 three years ago with Will Greer and those guys, but now it's kind of trending, trending downwards a little bit. Let's see if they can pick it up. Probably yeah. not this year as we predicted, but maybe next year, the year after. Yeah. Coming in at nine, we have Texas Tech, four and eight. Uh, they have uh, Tyler Show. Mm-hmm. Tyler Show, I believe, or Show, Show, whatever. <laughs> the Oregon transfer. Um, don't expect much from Tech. Um, yeah. Jake was here. He'd probably talk a little bit more about <laughs> it, but there's not a lot to say about Texas Tech football. Um, they'll win a night game. They'll play somebody good. They'll upset yeah. them. In Lubbock, uh, where the night sky is as dark as Bedlam. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a. I think that they've got the old Utah State coach. I want to say, do you know if it's his first year there, first or uh, second year? Not positive. I'd probably okay. say second. Yeah, but they got him from Utah State. Um, it's gonna take some a couple years at the least to build that program up. I mean, Tech has had some good years way back when. And it's, I'm sure it's a fun, fun town to be in when Tech is playing well. But I don't see that happening in the near future. Um, Shao coming in from Oregon, I mean, he had some decent games. Like I said, he split time um, with Anthony Brown. But I don't think – I mean, he's not good enough to be like, yeah, Tech's going to win six, seven, eight games this year. Yeah. You know, they're going to be a four and eight program. They're going to be a three and nine, five and seven. Wherever yeah. you want to put them, we think four and eight. So not great. Uh, Coming in last, you have Kansas, uh, two and ten. Uh, I really don't think there's much to say about Kansas. Um, been not, at the bottom for a while. They're going to stay at the bottom for a while. Yeah. But hey, they may they may beat Texas. Who knows? Did happen a few <laughs> years ago. So don't don't be shocked if that happens. Sorry, Texas fans, but I had I had to throw that in there. Jason Bean's going to be their starting quarterback. Don't know a whole lot about him. Um, just don't expect a lot from Kansas, but. Maybe they'll get an upset win. Maybe they'll be hey, tests. You enjoy the field house. Stay at the field house, Jayhawks. Um, yeah. 
Enjoy basketball. Don't, don't get out. Don't get on the grass or the turf. <laughs> no, sir. Well, that'll do it for today's pod. Um, thanks for listening. Part two will be, if you're listening to this when this came out, it'll be out tomorrow. Um, just make sure to listen up and find us for part two because the SEC and Big Ten got a lot of good teams. Absolutely. Peace.